This Three Beards Media Podcast may contain mature themes. And if you're not down with that, we got three words for you. Like the podcast. Nailed it. Good evening on a Wednesday. I'm Andrew Barber, and with my co-host Drew Shipley, this is Hawks Eye View, presented as always by Three Beards Media. Appreciate them. And uh, Drew, let's kick off this podcast. Let's talk about some new merch that dropped this week. Yeah, Three, Be- yeah, Three Beards Media launched a, a football campaign uh, for the Big Four in this great state of Iowa, Iowa, Iowa State, Drake, and you and I. Uh, you can go to Three Beers Media Twitter and Facebook page uh, for more information. They are pretty sweet, uh, you know, black and gold, cardinal and gold, purple and gold, and uh, blue and white, right? So, yeah, I mean, what, whatever your flavor is in the great state of Iowa, you can go check that out. T-shirts, hoodies, it looks like. Um, yeah, I mean, looks looks like a pretty, uh, pretty cool design. And, uh, yeah, get out there on the website and uh, purchase some merch. Support your podcast. Yeah, preferably buy the black and gold one if you've got any kind of taste. But uh, we'll hey, support. We, the... Hey, we 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 won the last T-shirt drive. Yeah, right. so we got to keep our undefeated streak alive. Yeah. Keep uh keep winning by buying the black and gold merch up. So, um, we appreciate all of you that listen to us, that buy our merch, that you know interact with us in any way. So, as always, appreciate that. And speaking of that. There's actually going to be a live show on December 9 at Revelton Distilling Company um, that from 12 to 2 on December 9, uh, noon to 2 p.m. And uh, we have entitled it perfectly, I think, STFU, Show Them Fully Unhinged Live Podcast and Raffle. All proceeds from the raffle. We'll go to the Young Women's Resource Center. We're raffling off like four to five prizes to the crowd at the distillery while we're broadcasting live to our online audience. As always on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, we'll be all over that as well. So if you can't make it, you can still watch the live broadcast. And basically everybody in our network who can make it, unfortunately, Drew, I know you can't make it, but everybody else in our network who can be there will be there broadcasting live so i'll be there representing hawk's eye view for us and um should be a good time should be a good event you know that big budget chris shipley has you know this his long lost brother could be brought brought in you know via des moines international oh yeah uh you made the joke that he's your long lost brother but uh i think we need to set the record straight and let people know you two are not related absolutely not related whatsoever it's just a strange coincidence that they share the same last name, actually. Yeah, it, so, it, re- it really is. I'm sure people have actually been wondering that. But uh, yeah, now. there's 
there's no nepotism going on in our podcast network. <laughs> Only Iowa football. Well, not any longer. So speaking of Iowa football, we're going to move it right along here. First down, first quarter, whatever you want to call it. We got basketball season in the swing of things. Big game coming up for the Iowa football team this weekend. They're hosting Rutgers. 2.30 kickoff. I forget what channel it's on. I'm not sure it matters. Hopefully not just Peacock again. Uh, I'll actually be in attendance. So I'm excited to go there, be there in the atmosphere. It's going to be a perfect day for football. 55 degrees. Maybe cloudy, maybe windy, no rain. Perfect, perfect football weather um, for the Saturday. And Rutgers is a decent team. They're bowl eligible. They had a lead on Ohio State at halftime last week. They were up 9-7. to seven. They were actually driving to go up 16-7, to seven, trying to get in the end zone, and threw a 99-yard pick six that completely changed the entire – course of that ball game and Ohio State kind of ran away with it from there so this is a tough opponent what do you know about Rutgers what are you looking forward to in this game from both Iowa and Rutgers um, give us start with that I know the Scarlet Knights can run the ball uh, Andrew I mean Kyle Monon guy I believe his name is Mon- Monon guy I don't know how to pronounce his name I tried tried before the podcast butchered it anyway so it doesn't matter However, this man is approaching 1,000 yards already, um, 5.4 uh, yards average, seven tutties. I mean, just just a workhorse in the backfield. I don't think we've gotten 900 yards combined from all of our running backs. So uh, another one of those teams that established the run, man. Uh, don't see anything wild from the quarterback position as far as the throwing game is concerned. Uh Good luck with throwing against the Iowa defense, as we've seen in Chicago at that place right there, Wrigley Field, uh, last week. Um, you know, shut them down for the most part. Uh, you know, in the in the passing game, so I don't see that being any different Saturday in Iowa City. Um, Rutgers is a, a, another good defense, another tough challenge there. So, um, another under we're going to see Andrew, and another one possession game, one way or another. I think. Yeah, um, I think you're spot on there. The under, we're going to set a new record for total over under again um, in an Iowa game. And like you said, you're not really any breaking any news to me. I know Rutgers can run the ball, but I feel like that plays into the strength of this Iowa defense. Um, really good at stopping the run. I think we've only given up one rushing touchdown the whole season. I you can check me on that, but I think we've only given up one rushing touchdown the whole season. And before that late touchdown by Northwestern, Iowa hadn't given up a touchdown all period in almost 12 quarters. Cause we didn't give one up during the Minnesota game at all or the Wisconsin game. You know, we hadn't given up any sort of a touchdown in almost three games. Uh, so this Iowa defense is really something. Uh, Jay Higgins is going to have another big game and you can look this up, but Jay Higgins is well on his way to breaking. Uh, he's going to have more tackles this season than Jack Campbell had last season. He's a Buckus Buckus award semifinalist. And I will not be shocked if he just outright wins that thing because his numbers are eerily similar to Jack Campbell and he is playing absolutely out of his mind. So, uh, 
all respect to Jay Higgins. He, his one year, he waited his time, and he is absolutely balling out in his final year at Iowa. Yeah, the unfortunate thing, Andrew, is this is going to be the first time that the Buckus Award is awarded when when Dick passed away, right? So mm-hmm. there's kind of that tradition where where Dick Buckus surprises the winner, um, kind of has some cool video uh, production of you know him. He showed up in Iowa City, right, with for Jack's deal last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of sad that 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 has come recently. Um, that, that there won't be that element there, but yeah, very, very deserving for Jay Higgins, man. And I wouldn't be surprised either. Honestly, I don't even know who the other candidates are. <laughs> that's about what, I, that's what I was about to say. We're thinking the same. <laughs> Cause I have no clue who the other candidates are. I suppose I could get on the internet and look it up, but I feel like this team is very deserving. Um, this defense is whole is deserving of award. Nick Jackson's played well too. Maybe had a little bit of a struggle early on adjusting to the Iowa defense, but he seems to fit in as well, and uh, this this team is on defense and special teams. Obviously, they're firing. Yep. They're firing. Andrew, I can uh, make I can make one prediction that is like one actually not a prediction. It's a spoiler. It's a hundred percent easy money. Okay. The there is not going to be a Buckus semifinalist from USC. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. Um, oh, sorry. I had to get yeah. that in there. You saw that stat too, right? The stat about how many points USC had allowed this year. In the last six games, not just this year, in the last six games. Yeah. 265 points. We've only allowed 245 all season. In the last two years. For the last two years. That's right. Last two years. Last two seasons combined. <laughs> So Dude, you won't believe this. I, I I put in a live bet in Chicago. We were sitting at the sports book at, at uh, DraftKings. It's attached to Wrigley Field. Mm-hmm. I put in a live bet that the over would hit over one hundred seven and a half in that game. And fifty-two forty-two. So you didn't it, quite get there. It abs- it absolutely imploded in the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did implode in the fourth quarter, yeah. but. It looked pretty good because it seemed like both teams, both Washington and USC, were just trading touchdowns for My a while. Goodness. Yeah. So that's really something. Um, Iowa offense, do we expect? I, I don't even want to say it. It's probably not going to happen. As long as we keep winning, we probably aren't going to see a quarterback change, are we? Absolutely not. No. Why, yeah. would, why would there be? Well, I mean, it's a little bit counterintuitive for me because Kirk Ferentz says he prioritizes taking care of the ball. And Deacon Hill has been a turnover machine by both fumbling and throwing interceptions. And almost threw the bad interception last week in Wrigley and then fumbled and luckily fell on it. And so I don't I don't know. Um so we can talk about quarterback struggles, but I'd rather not. Um, offensive line injuries were a huge thing that happened at Wrigley Field. We had like four offensive linemen, including center Logan Jones and left tackle Mason Richmond go down. Um, I believe uh, Rusty Feth went down too. Bo Stevens went down as well, who came in for Rusty Feth. It was just an absolute mash unit by the end of that Iowa Northwestern game for Iowa. 
Yeah. And so uh, I, I wonder what the status of the field was, right? Because you saw towards the end of the game, just getting chunked up there on the, on the natural infield that they just yeah. saw it on. Um, I wonder if that played at all the surface itself. Um, because, but, but up until that point, it looked like it was in pretty good shape. Yeah. I love Wrigley. Um, Cubs fan. It's just not a football stadium, man. It just, I mean, it was in the twenties when the bears played there, right? Yeah. But not, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. If we're going to play, if we're going to play a football game, not at Northwestern in Chicago, let's just go to soldier field. Let's just do that. Or the new arena that the bears build in Arlington Heights or whatever it is. We can go to that new stadium arena, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but we need the, those field conditions were poor and, I'm not saying we know that the Iowa offense is not great on great field conditions. So you throw the poor field conditions into it. And now we're really talking about some terrible offense and also potential injuries. So, but the, the main thing is that I think all those guys with the exception of Stevens, unfortunately, who's a backup are going to play this week, I believe. So should get Jones, Richmond, Feth back, which is good news because we're not stellar when we're fully healthy. It's probably even worse if we have to go to the depth. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the one thing you can say is this team has overcome some adversity with injuries. That's, that's one of the main things that you can say about Iowa football this year is that they've had a lot of key injuries, a lot of key guys, and somehow they've found a way to just keep on winning seven and two. And the big thing that I said on my recap last week is all of our West Division opponents lost last week. For the exception of Illinois, who did us a favor beating Minnesota, right? Right, right. Yeah, but yeah. Illinois is two and four. Right, right. In conference, so they're essentially out of it. Yeah. So I was being given a gift. Essentially, this game, these next two games at home, if Iowa takes care of business, that almost locks it up unless Nebraska is somehow able to win out. Yeah. Including beating Iowa. Um, haven't looked deep at Nebraska's schedule, but I'll, I'll tell you that Wisconsin and Minnesota play each other and Minnesota plays Ohio state. So Minnesota is not going to go to Ohio state and win. I don't think. Sure. I think. And Furthermore, I, I think Minnesota could beat Wisconsin or the other way around. It doesn't matter, but Iowa's got the tiebreaker. Yeah. And so the only way this could go terribly for Iowa is losing out. Is the, losing the, 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 the sad part is, Andrew, is it's like actually possible. It's possible. I'm not saying it's not possible, but a win on Saturday doesn't necessarily wrap it up this Saturday, although it could, depending on results of other games. If if all three of those teams, Nebraska, Minnesota, and Wisconsin lose again on Saturday, could happen. Probably. I can, I, I can, t- I, I can tell you that's not happening. <laughs> yeah, but if it did, but if it did, then Iowa would 100% be like sealing their fate by winning on Saturday. True. So um, that's what makes this a big game. So Anything else before we hear from Revelton? Uh, not right off the top of my head, Andrew. All right. 
Great. Let's go ahead and hear from our sponsor at Revelton Distillery. At Revelton Distilling Company, everyone has become a part of the Revelton family. From the Taylors and their daughter who helped perfect their award-winning gins, to the team who installed Lucy, our 33-foot-tall custom-made still, right down to the local farms that provide our coveted corn, and even the cows on those farms who consume our mash byproduct. Want to see the farm to flask come to life? Now you can tour Lucy and find out where we take Iowa's harvest and transform it into our finest spirits. Choose between a 45-minute tour or find out even more by scheduling a VIP behind-the-scenes tour to get the taste of the full Revelton experience. You can visit them at 1400 West Clay Street in Osceola, Iowa, or find all of Revelton's award-winning spirits at any local grocery or spirits retailer. Are you in the market for a new house and unsure of the mortgage process? Want to know that you have someone looking out for you? Kyle Lehman from Wintrust Mortgage is a down-to-earth, knowledgeable lender who can be there for you in your corner. He can work with you in any of the 50 states and is just what you need to expand your home search. Kyle will work with you through the entire process with little to no work from you. Take the worry of the mortgage process out of the equation so that you can focus on looking for your dream home. Contact Kyle at www.wintrust.com forward slash Kyle dash Lehman or call him at 515-473-0546. All right. Thank you as always to our sponsors. We appreciate them. Let's switch gears. It's basketball season. Uh, Want to talk Iowa men's basketball to start off. We'll save the women for a little bit later just because they got a big game, and I want to kind of end it on a high note, talk about that big game. Uh, the Iowa men dominate 110-68 over North Dakota last night. It was a, it was an absolutely um, good showing by Iowa. You talked about DeSante Bowen. You wanted to see something from him. He was stellar. He had, uh, I believe, like four assists, two steals, four rebounds, 12 points, including making a couple threes no turnovers. That's a, that's a huge thing. Yeah. Um, Brock Harding though, might've stolen the show at the point guard spot because he came in off the bench as a true freshman in his first game, seven assists, zero turnovers, 11 minutes. He hit a three as well. Uh, Owen Freeman played 14 minutes and scored 14 points. Uh, I, I think if I didn't have Ben Cricky, they brought in from Valpo, Owen Freeman would be starting. He looks phenomenal. He has some really advanced moves for uh, for a true freshman. And the other thing, Laji Dembele came in and immediately splashed a three that looked good, too. He splashed a couple, and he was big on the boards. So I think that was the story of the night. Again, it was the same in the exhibition. And it carried over the first game of the season. I know it's just North Dakota, but man, it it was good to see that all four of the true freshmen contributed in a positive way immediately from the jump. Uh, everybody on the t- entire team looked like they were locked in and focused. There was no there was no goofing around. They were they they were out there. They meant business quality of opponent wasn't great but um man i any other takeaways did you get to see it get to see highlights or anything any other takeaways that you had from 
game one for the island. I saw I, I saw a whopping 30 second package to be fair, Andrew. So um I don't have Big Ten Plus. I probably should. Um, but but I do not. Um okay. they played all 15 people. Yeah. <laughs> Every everybody got minutes, uh, which is great. Uh Ben Creaky. I I like this guy. Like, yeah. I mean, he, he's going to be he's going to be a key factor on whether this team does some damage in the Big Ten tournament and, and, and makes the dance or, or not. Like he's kind of I don't know. Like, does it remind you when Philip Rebracha came here? A little bit. Yeah, a little under, bit. Under, undersized, but like he's got the skill, he's got the positioning, like he, he looks natural out there. Like he doesn't need a lot of, I think he needs experience in power five. That's what he, I think he needs. Yeah. I mean, he was a Missouri Valley conference player of the year candidate for multiple years in a row at Valpo. Uh, Missouri Valley has some good basketball Uh, in game one. He scored 18 points had six rebounds, eight for 13 hit a three. Uh, That's a, pretty solid night for game one again summit league competition but i you know i think it's encouraging that there's big men that iowa can go to they can bring in freeman and dem bailey to back up cricky and evan bronze is a walk-on that didn't play because of an ankle injury but they like him too he came from belmont played at iowa city west with patrick mccaffrey on those uh teams that won state championships so there's familiarity there, but he's a big 6'10", 6'11 body that can they can throw in and can bang around. So they really have four bigs this year that they can throw out there, whereas last year it was pretty much Prayer Rebracha doesn't get into foul trouble because there wasn't a lot backing him up. Right. It was Mulvey, Ogundele, and um, Ogundele no longer with the program, Mulvey not really playing unless – we're blowing teams out. So yeah, I liked, I liked that. Uh, the one other thing, my other main takeaway was we forced 19 turnovers in game one. And I do have big 10 plus and I watched this and it wasn't just North Dakota being sloppy with the ball and a lot of unforced errors. It was DeSante Bowen, Brock Harding, Tony Perkins, Josh Dix, choosing to challenge the ball and constant ball pressure on the perimeter that really rattled North Dakota. I don't think we can do that to every single opponent throughout the season, but it was good that they showed something on defense. It doesn't need to be an elite defense. It's the opposite for Iowa basketball that we talk about with Iowa football, right? We need an average defense. We need a 75 level out of 300 some school defense and we're we're gonna make the second weekend of march madness i don't know if that's possible but if we do the offense is not that far off they're gonna be top 20 again i can already see that it's yeah so i can't i can't say that's where they're gonna be for the season but it was an encouraging sign at the very least my biggest concern andrew has been what the tournament has showed us the last decade and that's big 10 teams faltering uh, in epic proportions in the big dance mm-hmm. e- epically, you know, number one seeds losing, you know, 
Purdue, like no business, like every damn time. Michigan yeah. State, the, the narrative, I think I said this last week, the narrative, oh, well, Tom Izzo in March. Nobody wants to play Tom Izzo in March. His ass got beat, you know, Monday night, Tuesday night, whatever. Anyway, yeah. early to what, NCANT or some shit? Like, I don't even know who they played. Um, so James Madison. James Madison, okay. Who's actually a good team. Team to remember when you fill out your brackets. Yeah. Probably gonna win. They're probably gonna win their league. Dude, what's what's up with all these athletes at James Madison now? They're trying to petition to the NCAA to let them in a in a bowl game because they're gonna be the highest non-power five ranked team at season's end. They are. James Madison has something brewing in football and basketball. They have a lot of guys who are cast offs from higher D1 programs who just couldn't quite cut it and are going to be good at that kind of mid, low major level basketball. Uh, I think that James Madison team is a team you're going to see again in March. Um, but I'm not going to make excuses for Izzo. What you're really, yeah, you're talking about the Big Ten faltering in March Madness. What it really comes down to for a lot of Big Ten teams and even more specifically Iowa is a lack of true point guard play. Well, if we can get consistent point guard play out of Bowen and Harding, which is a tall task to ask for because we're talking about a true sophomore and a true freshman, but we have guys who fit more of that true point guard mold. We have two guys. Dix can kind of play that too, but I think you'd rather have Harding or uh, Bowen run in the show, kind of. Um, so if they can keep that up throughout the season and on in, this team can make the NCAA tournament. And once you make it, then it's just about matchups and how far you can go from there. So that's really what we need to see throughout the season is how that point guard position develops. Because I think every other position at Iowa, there's depth, there's quality play, two through five. It's really just more about the consistency at the point guard position for Iowa. 100% Andrew. And if I remember right last week, I think David Eicholt was on with, with KXNO drive. Didn't they ask him when, when push come to shove who, who the point guard would be at Iowa and didn't, and didn't he say Tony Perkins? Yeah, I think he might've. So like, I don't know. The the thing is, is we have multiple ball handlers this year. Like we're not we're not dependent on Mike Gasell running point or like yeah, Bo Hannon. Bo Hannon, right? Where yeah. he's obviously a better spot up shooter or or a drive to the lane guy like uh, you know Gasell was like mm-hmm. actually a threat to shoot the ball. Connor McCaffrey, you know, like until his last year. Where all of a sudden he's shooting fifty percent from three. Like what we're what we're really talking about here is we have three or four guys who can create a shot for themselves and others. Because Bowen, Perkins, and Harding, and to maybe a lesser extent, Dix can all do that. Yeah. Um because uh Bowen was just blowing by his man. It seemed like he could just blow by his man, get to the rim, kick it out, or finish at will. Again, quality of competition, not great. But it's not something that we could see in every single game for Iowa last year. 
So it's good to see that in game one from multiple guys seeing the ability to blow by a defender and create for others because that's not something that I was had in the past. So that is something that's different about this team that you're going to get to watch. And, you know, however this season turns out, this is kind of going to be a fun team. I, I, could, I just have a feeling that it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. It's probably going to be frustrating at a lot of times, but it's going to be a lot of fun to watch this team. No, the more I think about it, Andrew, right? Fran's team's never had a problem scoring, right? right. Always, always top three in the Big Ten, you know, average 85, yeah. 88 points a game. Or even the best in the Big Ten. Right. I mean, essentially. So do we do we care how they get those 88 points? No. Or 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 is the crux of this whole situation like it is every year defense? Well, I think it's that's 80, a tough question. 80, 80 points is enough to win eight out of ten games, right? Yeah. I think I think at March the game kind of slows down for everybody and you have to have shot creators because that's who we see ultimately win at all is teams that have those elite shot creators and elite shot makers. Well, sure. Iowa has pretty elite shot makers. I think they have, it's just that they don't have that creation aspect. So you think about UConn, I mean, they had Andre Jackson and, uh, Tristan Newton and Jordan Hawkins, like they had three guys who could create at elite level. I'm not saying Iowa has that, but those are the kinds of teams that kind of win it all. Sure. Or you think about that Florida Atlantic team, they had three or four guards that could create, right? And guys that could shoot around that. So it's that's that's kind of what carries you far into March is the guys that can kind of create off the bounce when things kind of slow down because Iowa gets a lot of points in transition in the non-conference and um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how that develops. So I think the defense is a key, but it's really more about, do we have that shot creation aspect? And I think we have it more than what we have in, in the past. Sure. So I'll buy, I'll buy that Andrew. Okay. Um, so next week, Tuesday against Creighton going to be a great game because both teams scored over a hundred points. Creighton made 18 threes. I think Iowa made double digit threes in their game as well. Um, there's going to be a lot of threes next week, Tuesday in Omaha for the Iowa men against the Creighton men. Um, let's flip gears and talk about the Iowa women. They, Absolutely balled out in their home opener as well uh, on Monday night. But they played on the six. Uh, Caitlin Clark had a near triple double. Just did Caitlin Clark things. Um, Hannah Stolke had a double double. She even made a three. So she showed off a little bit of range on a jump shot. And she was perfect from the free throw line as well. So... That's an interesting development. And then I really liked, I don't know if you saw the highlight of uh, Sydney Fulter tapping the ball to Molly Davis right before the end of quarter. 
You did see that. Yeah. That was all over Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. That was just a play that's kind of emblematic of this team and how much fun they're going to be. And everyone on this team, they're just, they're smart players too. They're talented, but they're smart. Yeah. And I think that, and they're, they're tough. Cause that was a tough play by Fulter and Molly Davis. They both, you know, they both had to really dig in on defense to make that play happen at the end of the quarter. And they did it. So um, we are going to miss McKenna Warnock, but I think that a Fulter can kind of be that replacement. Warnock, maybe not quite the shooter that Warnock was, but she's going to bring a little bit of that toughness and grit that we're going to need at times. So did you get to see the women's game? Well, you don't have Big Ten Plus, so I'm guessing probably not. So you probably got to see highlights, but what was your takeaway from game one for the women before we talk about game two? You're you're right. Um, everything that I learned about the Iowa women's game was from David Eichel on Twitter. Um, what, okay. what what I do know, what you already told me, right? Um, I think Hannah Stolke is going to be my favorite non Caitlin Clark player on this team. She's, yeah, she's going to take us where we need to go. Okay, Caitlin's going to get hers. Right, and and since we'd be remiss to not mention the fact that my prediction came true from last week of saying that number one LSU would lose before Iowa's women, which I correctly predicted because I said that Iowa would lose to Virginia Tech tomorrow, right? Yeah. Um, Which I'm unfortunately going to stick to that prediction. Okay. Just to stick to it. But I did did call that correctly. Hannah Stolke is a beast. She's going to be awesome. Um, yeah. I mean, other than that, Andrew, no, I seen, seen most of it through, through David. Yeah. Uh, that's fair. I, I really like Hannah Stilke. I think I talked about it in the preseason and it showed up in game one. And I think it's going to show up even more so on Thursday night. It's Molly Davis. I think, She's really kind of the key to unlocking a lot of this for Iowa. Um, she didn't score a lot of points. She scored three points. She had five rebounds and four assists, though, and only one turnover. That's a pretty good night for a backup point guard. And it's just good to know that we have her in our pocket and can give Caitlin plenty of rest so that when these big games come up, Caitlin can go 40 minutes and is fully arrested. So we have Molly Davis available. If Caitlin Clark gets into foul trouble or anything happens to her, we, we can feel pretty confident. I mean, I'm not, she's not going to do all the things that Caitlin Clark does because nobody really can, but um, she is not, I mean, a lot of teams would, would kill to have Molly Davis as a starting point guard on their team. Yeah. She would, she would be a high quality starting point guard for a lot of teams. She plays backup at Iowa, and that's a really selfless thing. And hopefully Iowa fans don't overlook that because she's going to be a key part of this team. Uh, we know about everybody else. We know about the Kate Martins, the Gabbies, the Hannahs. Um, I thought the center position by committee worked out all right in game one. Sharon Goodman got the start. O'Grady came off the bench, but it worked out pretty darn well um, for both of them. 
And uh, yeah, Goodman had 19 points, which I guess I didn't quite realize. Yes, he did. Uh, um, but man, it this team, this this is a good team. Um, so, well, I sure that, as hell hope so, Andrew. They're number three in the country, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> There's nothing to suggest that they're not the number three team in the country. And quite honestly, if they beat Virginia Tech, like I think they will, they could be the number one team in the country by next week. Yeah. There, there's absolutely a chance. So let's talk about Virginia Tech a little bit. Uh, they absolutely dominated in their first game against High Point. Uh, Kitley, that's their center. I believe she had 27 and 15. 27 points and 15 rebounds Woo! and game one. Yeah. She is going to be, I mean, Goodman and O'Grady and to a lesser extent, Stolke are going to have to really be on point in containing her. Um, she's six, six, a senior. So she's really big skilled. Um, Got a lot of moves. So, yeah, I'm just double-checking. She had 27 – sorry, 27 and 11, not 15. Still a great night um, <laughs> yeah. against against High Point. And then Georgia Amore is their guard who kind of does it all for them as well. Um, and they've got a couple of other good players as well. I don't know maybe as much as I should about the Virginia Tech team, but – I think this is going to be a pretty tough challenge for the Iowa women on Thursday night. Yeah. I mean, they were in the final four last year, right? Playing LSU. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we, we, we know that they're a, a caliber program that is, is capable of being a top five team as well, which they, what, they're number seven. Is that right? Uh, seven they're or number, eight, seven or eight? number, number eight. Okay. Um, you know, so arguably, uh, you know, if they beat Iowa, they might be number one. I don't know. Like, and- Probably not going to jump from eight to one, but they're going to be a team that they we're going to hear from. Um, and they're going to be right back in the conversation of being a Final Four team again this year, just like Iowa. Iowa's going to be in the Final Four conversation. So is Virginia Tech. So was LSU, even though they took a loss on the chin on, on opening night in UConn. Paige Beckers is back. So, but this is just a really good test and it's going to be really awesome that this game is in a Thursday night primetime slot on ESPN two. So it's going to be a nice showcase for women's basketball. And thankfully it's featuring our favorite team, the Iowa, the Iowa Hawkeyes. So um, you're sticking with your preseason prediction of a loss. Do you care to put a, a score to it for a bigger game like this? Uh, let's go 82, 78 Virginia tech. Okay. I'm going to go, uh, 95, 81 Iowa. That's pretty convincing. I think Iowa kind of pulls away late. I think maybe it's a little bit of a situation where Virginia tech fouls Iowa and I would just make some free throws to extend it a little bit more than what it is. This game's maybe a little bit more nip and tuck. Maybe some Caitlin Clark threes late that kind of push Iowa over the top. But, yeah, I think it is a rather convincing win for the Iowa Hawkeyes here 
I think Kitley will get hers down low, but I don't really see how they're going to stop or even really slow down Caitlin Clark on Thursday night. So, um, and if you do, maybe Hannah Stolke continues showing us her progress as well. Um, might be a night that we need Gabby to shoot well, but I think I think she will. Um, I think Gabby and Kate will bring it for this scenario. So I, I think it's going to be a good night for women's basketball, but ultimately I think Iowa's going to pull it out and win. I find it interesting, Andrew, that you can't bet on these games. Mm, you can't? I can't find it anywhere. The only time I bet on the only time I bet on it was in March Madness. I think okay. I think it'll open up tomorrow for me on DraftKings. It may not be eligible right now, but it'll open up tomorrow for me on maybe, DraftKings. Maybe, maybe that's it because there's there's not a line on the ESPN app, right? So yeah, they don't. I don't they know. don't typically open it up early for the women's games. So yeah, that's kind of unfortunate but um it'll be interesting to see what happens with that with the line so yeah i'm just curious as what it what it would be uh you know i mean it's not very far from virginia tech and blacksburg if it's gonna, I be closer had to, to... it's gonna be a closer uh home game for virginia tech if i had to guess i, I would say like virginia tech two and a half mm. i go the other way i think it's iowa Five and a half, six and a half. We're gonna have to look it up tomorrow when it comes out. Okay, I'm, I'm curious. We'll look it up. We'll let you all know. Um, any last notes on women's basketball, basketball in general, before we give our predictions for the football game? Uh, no, I think this team is who we thought they are. Uh, one game in, right? It's a long season. It's only November eighth, so I mean, yeah. a lot of things can happen for for better or worse. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see how the chips fall tomorrow night. A big, a big measuring stick test, right? So we'll see yep. a little bit more of where this team is early November. So, so far, so good. Yeah, I'm right. Re- I'm running with you. Big test. So, uh, big test for the Iowa football team. I think they're going to come out on top against Rutgers. I think what Rutgers does kind of plays into Iowa's hands. Iowa's going to do just enough, probably just enough to get it done. I think this is going to be like a 13 to 10 game. I could see Drew Stevens hitting another field goal to essentially ice the game. So I'm going to go Iowa 13, Rutgers 10. I'm going to price is right you and say 12 10. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Well, yeah, I will walk off safety. To win the game? Oh, oh, walk-off safety. That would be something. That would be something. I've seen it happen at the NFL level before. Dolphins-Bengals on a Thursday night game. Cameron Cameron Wake sacked the Bengals quarterback. I can't remember who it was. I was going to say, would it have been Andy Dalton? Might have been Dalton. Might have been a young Dalton. Because if it was Cameron Wake, I mean, uh, Andy Dalton was there for a long time. Sacked by Cameron Wake. And uh, walk off in overtime, I believe. <laughs> uh, Dolphins win. Um, you know I what, need, Andrew? You know that. what, Andrew? Why? Why not? You know what? Why not? Twelve ten walk off safety. Wouldn't that be the most Iowa way to win a football game? 
Yeah, because it's still the under by like a mile. So. Yeah. Yeah, 1210. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, thank you, as always, everyone, for listening in. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, tomorrow. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube. Check in for the live show on December 9. I'll keep plugging it away. Um, check out some of our other podcasts as well. We put on a lot of great productions here at Three Beards Media. So thank you, as always, for listening. Good night and go Hawks.